One of the questions that comes up most often in my Green Product Forum Facebook group is about the best cookware. So I wanted to cover this in an episode because there are a lot of things people get wrong when they start thinking about these products. Now, if you think I'm going to tell you to immediately chuck all your Teflon products and replace them in one go, keep listening. Because while I know a lot of people will tell you to do just that, I take a different approach. But yes, there will be products you want to or have to replace. So do you go with ceramic, PFOA-free, silicone? I'll break it all down for you in this episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Now off the top, I mentioned the Green Product Forum. If you're not in the group, you are missing out. I might be a touch biased, but I'm not alone when I say it's one of the most supportive and informative groups out there about creating healthier homes. I've put a lot of effort into curating a group that is respectful above all else. So if you've got questions about products for your home and family, I invite you to join us over on Facebook. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just head into Facebook and type Green Product Forum in the search bar. Okay, so how can you choose non-toxic cookware? The first question I want you to ask yourself is why you're looking for new cookware. Do you have a fully stocked kitchen, but you're wondering if you're missing something in the world of culinary innovation? Or are you in need of something you don't currently have? Maybe you've become terrified of your Teflon pans because of some research you've been doing. Your path forward will vary depending on your answer, because not buying something is always better than buying something, no matter how healthy or green it might be. So before I get into your cookware options, I want to be super clear on why the normal Teflon nonstick pans are a problem because this is usually what gets people starting to think about replacing cookware and it's often surrounded by a lot of confusion. If you don't want any of the science and all of this background, you can skip ahead. I talk more about specific materials and alternative recommendations later on in the episode, but I'm all about empowerment and informed decision making. And this is important, especially if you're dealing with somebody who might not be on board with the whole non-toxic product swaps. Teflon is the trade name for the nonstick coating made by manufacturer Chemours, which is a spin-off company of DuPont who originally discovered Teflon. Teflon is like the Kleenex of facial tissues. Other brands do exist. 
The chemical itself is actually polytetrafluoroethylene, or PTFE. It's considered inert and is therefore not expected to cause health harm when used in cookware, even if flakes are ingested, which is some concern in scratched cookware. But the research is definitely lacking. PTFE is stable at lower temperatures, but it's been shown to decompose when cookware reaches a temperature of about 500 degrees Fahrenheit. This degradation can cause byproducts that are deadly for birds, which is why you will see instructions for the self-cleaning oven to avoid use with birds in the house. And it's also been known to cause what's called the Teflon flu in people who were typically around the fumes for several hours. This is also partially why I don't recommend using a self-clean feature of your oven because it runs incredibly hot, often for hours, and the lining of many stoves is made of Teflon. So PTFE isn't exactly the picture of perfection when it comes to a non-toxic substance, but it's not actually the worst part of Teflon pans. The big concern with non-stick cookware and coatings in general comes from PFOA, or perfluorooctanic acid, or C8. And this was used in the manufacturing process of PTFE. PFOA, sorry for all of the four-letter acronyms, <laughs> but it's easier to say than the full chemical name. So PFOA is actually one type of a family of over 4,500 chemicals known as per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or here's another acronym for you, PFAS or PFAS for short. In 2019, 50 years after DuPont discovered PFOA concentrations in the blood of its factory workers in the U.S., PFOA was banned globally under the Stockholm Convention. Unfortunately, it was too little too late. PFOA has since been replaced with other PFAS chemicals with even less research behind them. However, studies are suggesting they are just as bad as PFOA. PFOA has been found to contaminate water supplies near manufacturing plants, and it was discovered that DuPont was actually dumping PFOA into the river near their facility. PFOA is a carcinogenic, hormone-disrupting, persistent environmental toxin, meaning that once it enters the environment and our bodies, it doesn't really leave. I highly recommend watching The Devil We Know on Netflix or the Mark Ruffalo film Dark Waters for more on what is absolutely an unacceptable manner in which DuPont poisoned people as a result of Teflon manufacturing to learn more about the details. But that's a quick overview. So while the chemical has caused incredible environmental and health harm from its manufacture, it's generally accepted that very little PFOA or whatever PFAS alternative du jour becomes used in the manufacture of PTFE, very little remains on cookware by the time it gets to the consumer. Now, it's important to note that there are other ways we are exposed to PFOA or other PFAS chemicals, and this includes food packaging, such as microwave popcorn bags, greaseproof takeout containers. They're also used in stain repellent treatments on furniture and carpets, waterproof outerwear, and firefighting foam. Is it really necessary to throw out your Teflon pans, as so many blogs recommend? From the research I've done, the greatest harm caused by these nonstick pans is in the manufacturing process itself. And as I mentioned, if the cookware reaches rather high temperatures for extended periods of time. If you have an entire kitchen full of Teflon, I might suggest starting you swap out some pieces. But if you have a few frying pans and a cookie sheet or two that are in great shape, which means they're not scratched, and maybe you alternate those with other cooking 
materials like stainless steel, then maybe you can use them more safely and just make a plan to replace them when they get scratched. So some tips to use them safely. Number one is don't dry heat them i.e. make sure there's always some water or oil or food in them when they're heating. This is so that the material itself doesn't heat up to that 500 degrees that increases the risk of the PFAS chemicals being transmitted into the food and use them at the lowest heat possible. Studies have shown that the chemicals can off-gas at normal frying temperatures, i.e. if you were to let olive oil reach its smoke point. It is commonly recommended to discard scratched Teflon products as this exposes the center of the coating, which is not intended to come in contact with food. So step one in your quest for healthier cookware is to first decide if you need to replace or buy new in the first place, because there very well might be more impactful changes you can make when you're trying to lower your overall toxic load. But if you do in fact need a piece of cookware, let's look at some of the healthier options out there. When it comes to pots and pans, the good news is you've got options. Let's run through a few of the most common materials. So my favorite are cast iron pans. Yes, they're heavy, but they really will last a lifetime. If you keep them well-oiled or well-seasoned, as it's otherwise called, and make sure that they're dry before storing to avoid getting rust on them, they will serve you long after you will be cooking meals for yourself. So to use them, you can avoid cooking with acidic foods like tomatoes as they can eat away at the pans. The washing process can seem the most daunting for people, but honestly, once you learn it, it doesn't take much effort or extra time. I was super resistant to switching over to cast iron pans. This was actually a change that my husband was advocating for, and now I'm a total convert. I reach for the cast iron before just about anything else. If you head into my Instagram reels, I did a step-by-step video on how to wash and take care of them and season them. So you can find that and follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Emma underscore green at home. Another alternative is enameled cast iron, and it might be appealing to people who are concerned about iron content that can leach from cast iron or the seasoning required to keep cast iron working at its best when it comes to being nonstick. However, as with any enameled product, there is a risk of lead and cadmium contamination. So look for a brand that has third-party testing for these. Lodge, which is my recommended brand for cast iron in general, and Le Creuset seem to have options, but they do vary. So look at it on a product by product basis. And when in doubt, ask the manufacturer for confirmation of testing. Products with less brightly colored tints typically have a lower risk of heavy metal contamination as they can be used to create the bright dyes, particularly red tends to show up worse, but this will vary. So again, ask for confirmation if in doubt. Carbon steel is another type of panware, and it's been used by professional chefs for a long time, and it's now found in more personal kitchens, thanks to being a lightweight alternative to cast iron. Lodge has these options as well, and they are pre-seasoned, so they're ready to use. They will be more expensive. Ceramic is a very common Teflon alternative that is lightweight and performs more like Teflon than cast iron. These enamel-coated pans have a shorter use history. So in all honesty, the research volume just isn't the same as with Teflon. So we don't really know. 
There is some concern over nanoparticles that are used to make these coatings and their potential impact once in our body. But again, the weight of evidence really is lacking to come up with anything conclusive, and they are more safe than the way that Teflon is made. So if you can't handle any of the other options and you want a ceramic frying pan for occasional use, I think they're fine. You just want to make sure that you're looking for brands that are lead and cadmium free. Legastina or Green Pan are currently some good options. Looking for ones that are made in the US as opposed to overseas. I will say some brands change their manufacturing. So depending on when you're listening, double check that the product you're looking at is in fact made in the US. Green Pan currently is. There are some concerns that products made outside North America may not follow the same safety standards. So that is definitely something to pay attention to. European made products are usually pretty good, but always look into the details. Like Teflon, the coating on ceramic pans is prone to scratching and the pans really do have to be treated with care. They also have a much shorter life than cast iron. And if you overheat them, they effectively lose their nonstick pretty quickly. So I don't recommend stocking up on an entire set because you'll likely have to replace them in one to three years at best, which isn't really great environmentally or for your budget. Now, stainless steel cookware would not be considered nonstick without copious amounts of grease or oil. Some people use it and seem to cook fine with it. It does clean up quite nicely with a scouring pad and some elbow grease. They're also long lasting and more affordable. The elements that make up stainless steel, iron, nickel, and chromium are thought to be released at low levels and not really thought to be a concern to our health, unless you're allergic to nickel, but even then it would have to be a pretty severe allergy from what I understand. Allclad is one brand that gets recommended for high performance pretty consistently in the green product forum. And so that is the brand that I will be looking at for bakeware specifically. Next, I have a set of Legostina cookware pots and pans, and they've been going strong for over a decade. Aluminum is another common material. More often than not, it's found as an inner layer of pots and pans because of its excellent heat distribution. It's totally safe when it's in that use. Some pots and pans, especially older ones, are made with aluminum on the cooking surface as well, and it is hotly debated as a potential carcinogen and neurotoxin. So there isn't a lot of research with cookware here as well, I would tend to avoid it and just stick with stainless steel. When it comes to bakeware, there are increasing options out there, but I prefer to stick with the basics. Full disclosure, I am still slowly replacing my Teflon bakeware with glass and stainless steel options. I like Pyrex and I have my eye on some all clad pans when I'm ready to make that move. I also have a handful of stoneware by Corningware that I love for casserole dishes. Know that older versions of Corningware may have some heavy metal issues, but the newer ones, especially the white bakeware, appear to be safe. Now, I'm sure the big question on your mind is what about silicone? Because this has become a very popular alternative for bakeware. It kind of jumped onto the kitchenware scene and took it by storm, and yet very little research has been done on its safety in this use. 
So far, signs point to the idea that silicone used for bakeware is inert and won't leach anything into your food. Though the European Chemical Agency has put some forms of silicone on the candidate list of substances of very high concern. One study looked at potential migration of silicones from nipples to milk and infant formula. No silicones were found in the milk after six hours of contact. Another study found low levels of siloxane, which are the building blocks of silicone, migration out of bakeware into oil and baked goods. And the amount of migration depended on the fat content. However, like with most things, not all products are made equal. And there are many different types of silicones too, just to be clear. They're found in our skincare, cleaning products, construction materials, medical equipment, etc. There is a pinch test that you might have seen floating around the internet where if you pinch it and I think it's C white, then it means that there has been additives in the silicone. I haven't seen any evidence that it's an actually accurate test of silicone purity. And in my experience, I might be a little bit jaded, but it's also because things like this happen a lot. Those kinds of tips are easily shared, but very rarely backed up. So I'm not going to tell you to do that test as a surefire way of figuring out if the silicone is pure. So you're probably getting ready to fast forward and want me to just tell you what I think about silicone bakeware. So here it is. I don't recommend silicone as a go-to for bakeware. Now, before you freak out and say, oh my gosh, silicone is the next Teflon, I think it has a place and it certainly has its benefits. I'm a big fan of my silicone stasher bags as convenient alternatives to single-use sealable storage bags, but it's not without its issues. Silicone technically can be recycled it requires specialty recyclers that really aren't that easy to find. So even though some labels might say recyclable, I don't really consider it recyclable. And it's essentially a type of plastic, so it just becomes waste at the end of its life. I don't love it for bakeware specifically, largely because of the unknowns and because heat poses increased risk with any toxin migration. But if you've got a set, don't stress about it. If you're looking for a new one, my big takeaways when thinking about silicone-based products in general are to look for food-grade silicone from a reputable manufacturer, i.e. not necessarily from Amazon unless you do your due diligence and know who you're buying from. And you can get more information on that from episode three. So you want to make sure that you're buying from a reputable manufacturer that tests and reports on contamination. I tend to avoid bright colors where possible, Again, they can have their own contamination risk, particularly for heavy metals. Depending on the brand, you can talk to them about what they're using. But I try to minimize any bright colors, especially with bakeware. So you've got lots of options and there's even more than I covered in this list. And I have no doubt that there will be new options on the market, maybe even by the time you're listening to this. So my golden rule for everything is before you choose a product, make sure you look behind the marketing language. When it comes to non-stick products in particular, a lot of labels will say PFOA free, but since it's been largely banned, it's somewhat redundant and often it's still Teflon. Or if it's not a non-stick product and it's something else, just for your reference, even if it says PFOA free, that doesn't mean that it's PFAS free, which remember is the umbrella of these perfluorinated chemicals that are causing big problems. So find out what they're using instead. 
And if the reply is just, it's a non-toxic non-stick coating without really disclosing anything else, I would give it a pass. Now, before I go, I will say that there are articles that paint all cookware options as toxic. And I think it's a bit of fear-mongering and it's not overly helpful. You can step outside and you're breathing in toxins, but that doesn't mean you're going to live in a bubble. So yes, not all options will be right for everyone, particularly if you're worried about excessive iron that might leach out of cast iron, or if you have a severe nickel allergy and can't use stainless. But take a step back and consider the alternative. You have to eat, and home cooking is much healthier and cost-effective compared to takeout and restaurants, which you have even less control over the ingredients and come with their own risks, like... PFAS chemicals in takeout packaging, restaurants cooking sous vide style in plastic bags, etc. So if you see those articles that talk about all of the problems with every cookware ingredient imaginable, do your best to read between the lines a little bit and prioritize some of the worst offenders and not worry so much over some of the lower risk options. And that's what I tried to lay out for you here. So there you have it. My take on some of the more common materials used for bakeware and cookware. I hope you found it helpful in your quest for new kitchenware. Next week, I'm really excited to share my chat with the woman who helped launch me into toxics advocacy and education in the first place. Lindsay Coulter, the former David Suzuki Foundation's Queen of Green, will be talking all about eco-grief, sane action, hope and fear in uncertain times, and more. It's a really amazing conversation, so be sure you're subscribed to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast in your favorite podcast player so you get notified when it goes live. Chat with you next week. Wait, before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and like what you've heard, please take a moment to hit subscribe and leave a five-star rating and a written review. You can do it right from the app. It takes just a sec and really helps me to be able to continue to share this important information with more people. Plus, you might just get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks so much and bye for now.